0: good afternoon everyone my name is Romain rob and you're now listening to the Romain rob show on today's show um i'm going to talk a little bit about the lsat seeing as though there's an lsat exam in what roughly six days february 10th um so for for those of you who are thinking about going to law school the lsat is one of those required exams basically it's like an entrance exams into law schools and depending on what you score in the LSAT that determines your scholarships and also which schools you can actually get into. Now the score the scores on the LSAT range from 120 to 180. You can't exceed 180. The average is 152. Now the LSAT is broken down into three sections. You have logical reasoning which makes up 50 percent of the exam. Um, Analytical reasoning, also known as logic games, and you have reading comprehension. My favorite is logical reasoning. My least favorite would be analytical reasoning, which is logic games. And here's why the logic games portion is not complicated, it's just that if you make one simple mistake in the stimulus, like overreading it or not fully comprehending it, you could literally lose close to like six or eight points and that is like I mean it's very important while at the same time you're not penalized for getting an answer incorrect on the LSAT you're only credited for what you get correctly you're not penalized for what you don't get correctly so the logical reasoning portion of the exam is my favorite because Um, personal preference, it's easier than the other two sections Um, with the logical reasoning you have a stimulus and usually you you have to find the premise find the conclusion or there are other other requirements or other things that they ask you to find in the stimulus like you're reading a stimulus um, this must be true unless it's complicated, but if you if you've been practicing a lot, I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of a given. But if you've been practicing a lot, it's going to be fairly easier, I would say, than someone who's just like, "Whoa, well, what is this?" Because you literally have like a sentence that seems so simple, but then when you go to the answer choices, you're like, um, "I don't, I don't get it. This is complicated." I mean what but, but overall I would for me yeah <laughs> logical reasoning and my least favorite would be analytical reasoning and reading comprehension is it sounds easy oh you just read a passage and you answer a couple questions but it's not exactly that simple I mean these passages are like four or five sometimes six paragraphs and you have roughly well you have 35 minutes to answer 22 questions, and that's not even including the four passages you have to read. So <laughs> one of the main issues with um, the LSAT, people are like, oh, I keep running out of time. Like, duh, it's that's that's one of the main things about the LSAT. It teaches you how to manage your time. There, I have a lot of like issues with the LSAT overall, but I will digress for this podcast um but in order for you just to reiterate i mean it's unlikely you're going to get access into a law school um without or better yet a a good law school without taking the lsat and what what is a good law school completely depends on what what area of law you want to practice because you have law schools in the t14 which is T14 is considered the top 14 schools. So you have the Columbia, the Yale, the Harvard, the Stanford, and NYU, and so on and so forth. So, in order for you to get access to like the T14 law schools, you're looking at roughly 169 to 180 on the LSAT. And even then, your GPS would be like insanely high, like 3.6. And above, so the two most important factors to gain access into law school is your GPA and your LSAT score. Yes, you have a lot of people. You 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 have a lot of um, admissions officers saying, "Oh, we look at your um, your profile holistically, meaning they look at everything. They look at your personal statements, your letters of recommendation, and other your resume, but." if we're being completely honest with each other the two most important numbers that um admissions officers look at is your gpa score and your lsat score so if if you've done i don't want to say bad but not as good as you thought you could in undergrad then you should be practicing immensely to score a very high lsat score because again you can't go back and get and and redo your um your undergrad because they only look at your first undergrad based on my research maybe they've changed it but based on my research they've only looked at um the first undergrad degree so if you scored like a a 2.9 or a 3.0 in your undergrad then you might want to score a hundred and 70 and above in order to get into like a t-14 um, Yeah But besides I mean, I've never actually met someone who stated that um, Their personal statement or their resume helped them gave them a boost in um, for making up for a low LSAT score or a low GPA and I mean, if if it works for you, just let me know. You could email me, you know, drop me a text, so on and so forth. Basically, you have what is called splitters. You have individuals with low LSAT scores but very high GPAs. And then you have the inverse, which you have high GPAs and low LSAT scores. What this this is saying to admissions officers is that, um, yeah, either you did great in undergrad but you're not good at taking standardized tests or you're very good at taking standardized tests but you kind of didn't perform to your standard in undergrad. Um, I've spoken to a lot of uh, admissions officers and yes the, the consensus seemed to say oh we look at your record holistically but based on people I've actually spoken to like um, prospective students who have less than less than the average LSAT score for the school they're they're applying to? They didn't get in, and even though their personal statement was phenomenal or their resume were um, was phenomenal, I mean, many many years of experience, work experience, personal statements is a tearjerker, and um, and their extracurricular activities were like off the charts, but again. The two most, based on my experience, the two most important factors for any potential um, law student is the GPA and LSAT score. So again, if if you did bad in undergrad and you want to go into a T-14 school, you should be really cracking those books and try to see if you could score 165 and above. Don't get me wrong. You have a lot of great schools with the median LSAT score at 152. Um, But there's a certain stigma with like, oh, you didn't go to a T-14. So, you know, when I say a certain stigma, it's like you have quite a few people are like, oh, so where did you go to law school? Oh, I went to a non-T-14 school or, you know, one of those schools. And like, oh, okay. But if you went to like a T fourteen school, like where Harvard, or Yale, or Stanford, they're like, oh wow, that's impressive. And based on um, further research, people who want to go into like big law, which is like corporate law, it seems like you have a better chance if you went to a T fourteen school, because if because. There seems to be a lot more preference for T-14 schools if, wait, let me rephrase that. If you, you have a better chance of getting access to a big law internship or a big law job, which usually comes from the internship for 2Ls, if you went to a T-14 school. So if you know someone that went to Yale Law School or someone that went to um, Brooklyn Law School, most likely for big law, the Yale Law School would get the position. I know that doesn't sound entirely fair, but this is law. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, good luck to anyone taking the LSAT on February tenth. Um, it's a non-disclosed exam, so that's gonna really suck if you want to actually see your um, see what you what you did correctly or what you didn't do correctly. Um, I think I should elaborate on that. A non-disclosed exam for the LSAT is basically you get your your score back. That's it. You don't actually get the questions and answers, so you could actually see what you did correctly or what you didn't do correctly. So if you don't want to be in that position, you could pretty much take any other LSAT exam besides the February. I think the February is the only non-disclosed exam, and I think quite a few international exams as well are non-disclosed. It depends on the day for international, I think. But I know for an absolute fact that the February exam is non-disclosed because I took the February exam. So (laughs) there you have it. Um, Just to reiterate, the outside is broken down into three sections. You have the logical reasoning portion, you have the analytical reasoning portion, and you have the reading comprehension portion. Those are the three... wait, yeah but they have what is called an experimental section and that could be any one of the three that i just mentioned so you have the experiment the experimental section is basically used by the testers to see (laughs) how a question performs in an actual exam so basically here's the thing you don't really know which section is the experimental section so it makes no sense for you to try to guess. The experimental section is not graded but it doesn't make any... it's not smart to try to actually guess which section it is because if you... for example you could say oh this logical reasoning section is the experiment section and then it turns out not to be... you just lost a lot of points so don't even try to guess what section the experimental section just give your very best to each and every section. So you have two logical reasoning sections. You have an experimental section, you have one reading comprehension section, and you have one analytical reasoning section. Um, Yeah, And then at the very end you have to write an essay which is also not graded. So the two non-graded sections of the exam is the essay at the end and the experimental section. Again, you do not know... well that's not exactly true. Eventually, you'll know <laughs> which section is the experimental. Sec- well, you're not gonna know specifically which section. Yeah, I'm trying to. Re- <laughs> All right. So here's what you you're guaranteed to get on an LSAT: two logical reasoning section, one reading comprehension section, one reading comprehension section, and one ana- analytical reasoning section. So if you end up with two ana- analytical reasoning section, then one of those are is the experimental section. If you end up with two reading comprehension um, reading comprehension section then one of those are experimental and if you end up with three logical reasoning sections then one of those sections are you guessed it experimental. So there you have it. The LSAT you have five sections and two are not graded but five well technically if you want to if you want to break down the logical reasoning section into two sections, which is true, but technically, I, I categorize both logical reasoning section as just a logical reasoning section. So you have two logical reasoning sections. You have an experimental section. You have a um, a reading comprehension section. You have an anal- analytical reasoning section and the essay at the end, which is basically like they give you two statements and you write a case for or against one yeah once again good luck to each and every one of you taking the lsat in february and let me know how it went you know i'm rooting for each and every one of you guys i was supposed to talk about disease as well but i'll just say this consent is important it is crucially important verbal consent physical consent um Without consent, um, it's just wrong. (laughs) That's pretty much all I got for that story. I I made a Twitter comment about it, um, and I also mentioned it on The Rob Show. So I just want to reiterate, consent, crucially important. Without consent, not cool. And that's about it. All right. See you guys next week or next two weeks. Bye. Hey, guys. This amazing podcast and many more podcasts on The Rob Radio Network can be listened to via the amazing Rob Entertainment mobile app. While you're in the app, you'll also come across exclusive videos and photos, information in regards to Rob Entertainment events, prizes and giveaways, and so much more. You can download the 100% free Rob Entertainment mobile app via Google Play and also at Apple's App Store. Thanks! You love this podcast, right? Well, Rob Radio Network has many more amazing podcasts that you'll also fall in love with. Check out the entire lineup at rrn.robben.com. Once again, the website is rrn.robben.com. This has been a Rob Radio Network production. Check out our website at rrn.robben.com. Thank you for listening.